Witches and mortals seldom do mix. But when mixed marriage is on the cards, Insanity pursues with the classic 60s sitcom Bewitched with your co-hosts, Vicky Ray, Jesse Fultz, and Keith Chowdhury. Witches have never been so exposed before. And take it from me, I'm Uncle Arthur Sammy. Hello, welcome to the Literature License Podcast, and it's a Bewitched Week, and our Season 5 premiere. We'll be discussing episodes 13 to 20. And before we go any further, let's see who's with us. We got Jesse Fultz. Hello, Jesse. Hey, y'all. How's it going? And Vicky Ray. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And I'm Keith Shago. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Vix. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? <laughs> well, considering I see you so much, I'm still just as boring as I was last week. Uh, uh just uh, been catching up on some reading, uh, some scary movies. Been reading Nightbreed, uh, not Nightbreed, but uh, Cabal, because that we're going to cover that in a couple weeks. Um, just trying to get summer situated or the end of uh, just doing things around the house. Actually, I need to paint and do all that other exciting stuff. <laughs> There isn't a whole lot going on really this week. We've had one of those weeks where, you know, just got to catch up and get things fixed and done. Now that we have some kind of cooler weather, because it's a balmy 85 today, it's not 105. But other than that, not a whole lot. Just hanging out. We need to start all over. (laughs) (laughs) What about yourself, Jess? What have you been up to? School. School, school, and more school. Um, well, at least you have something exciting to talk about. School, school, and it's more not really school. exciting. Um, I mean, it's still kind of. It, it, I'm trying to get used to cramming everything into um, the week because I also have play rehearsals. I'm doing that at the Living Dead, oh, as I said yeah. last time. How's that going? It's going pretty decent. I feel like the last couple of rehearsals, I haven't had much to do because not everyone is showing up to rehearsals, which is crazy because we don't have that much time to um, rehearse oh, before rehearsing. Night of the Living Dead. Oh, no kidding. Oh my yeah. God, that's excellent. I want pictures and, and video. Yeah, we get to wear like vintage 1950s and 60s clothes for the play too, which is cool. So they're not making a modern thing. They're trying to stick with the well, they should. Are you going to have the any eye, crazy eye things going on? Any makeup. Contacts? Yeah, I have makeup on, but yeah, I, I want to try to get contacts at least. But I can't look too emaciated. I have to look like I freshly died because I'm the cemetery ghoul that shows up when Barbara <laughs> and Johnny are dead. visiting their father. Yeah, I have to look kind of confusing Fresh. because in that scene. That's before they are aware of the fact that something weird is going on until. Johnny gets taken by this ghoul. So it, I think it's supposed to be kind of confusing to the audience because you're not sure if it's a man or if it's, you know, one of the um, ghouls. As I think that's what they refer to them in the, in the original script. But um, yeah, so that's, I, I'm, I'm the Are one zombie I think that lasts. What's what? that? How are you doing with your lines? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you must have that, quite the dialogue. <laughs> That, those are my only lines. I just have to like grunt and moan and do weird stuff. Um, and shuffle, just, I shuffle yeah. toward Barbara. Shuffle off to Barbara. 
Yeah, I get to attack Barbara. Um, that's always exciting. I, I've attacked brother. her several times so far. Yeah, I've attacked. I mean, that guy, the guy that plays Johnny, is always like doing tech week or something. So he's never at rehearsal. I swear, he was only at the first two. And everyone that needs to be there is like never there. I'm the only zombie that's been showing up to do any of the zombie parts. Well, considering um, so this is a global podcast and everybody can hear it, they're going to know of your displeasure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I think our director is great. Um, he it tries well, to, be to honest, stick I with mean, the material. I mean, but I mean, to be honest, your role is you know your role. I mean, you're the only r- r- real featured zombie in the thing, really, because everyone yeah. else is a group, isn't it? I, I think I was I think I was considered for Johnny. I I think I also said that last podcast. I'm not really sure what else I would have been considered for because that was one he asked me to do initially to um, try out for. But a lot of people try out for that role as well as um, some of Which the main one, guys. Huh? But Johnny, um, the brother of Barbara. Oh, okay. You should, um, should have showed up with some black gloves um, for for your audition. Yeah. Yeah, and I could have pulled a Julia or like yes. I don't know, some kind of crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's going pretty good otherwise. <laughs> What's that? They're coming to, They're get, coming you, to get you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara. It's just the way he says yeah, I, it. I felt so dinky saying that because everyone says that the same way. I don't really think you can say it any other way. Um, you can't. So I, I don't know. You can't. No, you really can't because you're you're what you're doing. I think for that scene is reenacting vincent price or something i think that's or, what he's going for i mean you, you could put a spin on it you could do it like um you could do it like okay i'm gonna get you barbara <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that, wouldn't even, <laughs> that wouldn't even be as oh, i don't guys. know yeah they're coming to get you barbara <laughs> <laughs> they're coming to get you barbara <laughs> it could be a total southern doofus or something i don't know well i haven't been up to a lot basically just getting you know some of the guests um sorted out and some of the guest interviews we got some stuff interesting that's lined up so um one person that we do got down is the director of motel hell um he's coming to england so um well he's now actually he's in no, he's in Italy now. He'll be in England in about three weeks. They'll be interviewing him for our show. But a bunch of directors and stuff like that from ID Score Films. And we're just waiting to get them signed off. And that's about it, really. Work and boringness. Watching some stuff on telly, but nothing exciting. Oh, the last episode of Slasher's on um, tonight. So I'll watch oh, that. Which cool. episode of what? The last episode Slasher. of Slasher. I haven't been watching that. I keep wanting to, but I keep oh, getting oh, stuck in these other... Um, other series and whatnot. Has anyone been watching American Horror Story? The yeah. Not yet. I keep forgetting to set my... It's I'm actually not. very interesting. It actually feels scary. It feels more scary than what they've been doing for the past few seasons. I don't know. It, it feels like they're trying to be more of like a horror film. It never really so scared far. me. I, none of it really no. did, except that it's just kind of... I mean, I, I like it because... Well, the last was that hotel was one of my I favorites. Me. I loved hotel it's and I loved coven. Weird, it's a weird snake I find American Horror Story because I was, was I that? actually watched I watched American Horror I rewatched American Horror Story when I was off ill for a week. So I watched um yeah the first the first three and I realized that none of them were ever scary. It's all about how freaky we can oh. get, and how uncomfortable we can make you feel. But it's never about being scared at all. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with sex more than it. Yeah, but, yeah. 
Nothing oh, like sticking it to sex. a puritanical society. Yeah. But I mean, I've been, I've been watching this. Yeah, sex and gore. That's <laughs> well, really yeah, sex and gore. It's where it's at. I'm just yeah. finding that there are other things that I find, other horror series that I find that I've actually enjoyed more, like Slasher. I enjoy Slasher a lot more than American Horror Story. I need to start watching okay. that again. And I really liked, you know, and I like the Fear Street trilogy that Netflix. I loved did. Fear Street. I saw that on some of the forums, it got slapped down a lot, but I really enjoyed it. I found they got slapped down a lot until the third one came out. Then all of a sudden, everyone who was slapping it down, all of a sudden, oh my God, we must, when, once they saw all three of them, then it's all of a sudden they picked up on it. You know what I mean? It's like, then yeah, well, it was kind of not, I wouldn't say, well, I thought it was haphazard in the beginning, but it all makes sense. If you watch them all, you can't just watch one and say, oh, I, you know, got to give it a chance. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I haven't really been up to too much. So really anything. So and getting our new um, co-host, you know, situated and comfortable. So and that looks like. We had a lot of good people on last week. That was a good talk. Yeah. We had, we had new authors people. and everybody just brought a lot to it last week. Yeah. so It's, it's going to be a pretty good season. Five. So and then, um, but I think the new two, two, the two new co-hosts, I think they're they're fitting in well. So it's quite good. They're all very excited. Oh my god, those guys are a hoot! If they're listening, like David, <laughs> totally, totally unexpected pleasure of laughing my ass off. Though, I mean, I could just listen to them talk for days. <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually meeting Craig and David tomorrow with Craig's mom because we're gonna get Craig. Craig's a artist a photographer and he wants to get his store up so i said okay so we're going to costa and i'll go okay cool. fine, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get your so he's gonna bring all his artwork because his, his artwork is featured in a lot of um cafes and museums here excellent so, so i said well you should be market merchandising that so yeah we're gonna see if we can get that off the ground tomorrow that you would know, be great working, so. give a big hello from texas <laughs> Well, this brings us to Bewitch, and our first episode in season two is episode, well, our first episode that we're covering for season five will be season two, episode 13 of Bewitched. Which Don't is confuse the episode, me. <laughs> my, no, very confusing, isn't it? <laughs> which is the episode titled, My Boss, the Titty Bear. And Dora wants Samantha to attend a family wedding and directly ask Larry if he will give him the time off. Larry wholeheartedly agrees, and to thank him, and Dora conjures a teddy bear he has been looking for. Unfortunately, Darren mistakenly believes that Endora has transformed Larry into the bear. Things get worse for Darren when the teddy bear goes missing. And we'll start with you, Jesse. What are your thoughts of my boss, the teddy bear? Uh, I had uh, I had a mixed bag of feelings with this episode because I kind of thought it was funny at first, but I feel like it's a joke that runs on for too long because you are as an odd like as a viewer, you're aware of what's happening and i feel like it would be funnier if you didn't or something um i felt frustrated because you know the whole time that larry is not the teddy bear and personally what i wanted with the episode i wanted to actually see darren and samantha go to this wedding that they keep talking about you don't get to see that and the resolve to the episode what's that hun what what didn't you get to see Oh, um, the wedding. The, the wedding that. The wedding. Oh, yeah, mentioned. yeah, yeah. Because that was the reason why Andorra, you know, I felt like the episode wasn't resolved in a way that was satisfying to me because you didn't get to see them go to the wedding with right. Andorra. 
And that was the whole reason why she did that to begin with and why there was that whole issue. And so the whole time you're seeing Darren act like an idiot over this teddy bear who he thinks is Larry. And for whatever reason, Samantha, very she's not very intuitive. I feel like usually she's more intuitive. Um, and maybe that's just because she's playing mortal for you know all this time. And I noticed a scene where Andorra realizes that Larry is coming up the driveway. It's like, well, why, Samantha, why can't Samantha do that same kind of perceptive thing where she can sense something? Uh, you would think she'd be able to sense that none of these teddy bears are Larry and that... Well, remember the little hand raises itself when you squeeze it? I know, but that's <laughs> obviously not magic. You, you'd think she would just know that. If Andorra knows that someone's coming up the driveway without looking then you'd think she would be able to sense as a witch that something was, you know, awesome. something magical was not going on with these things. So it kind of leaves me confused about her abilities. Do you guys well. think the so, writers get lost sometimes when they're writing? Oh, yeah, I think so, because it's not it's a sitcom. It's not I don't think they're necessarily trying to or they don't put as much of a, a need or a, it's not as a, it's not an important thing to remember these things details probably to i don't know i don't think they're trying to be consistent i, um, I think bewitch probably suffers a little bit of having too many episodes per season i mean each episode i mean you gotta remember there's only 35 episodes per season which to be honest yes. if i knew that ahead of time i'm not sure we'd be covering bewitch because i didn't realize there's so many episodes <laughs> but but you know i think i think what they do is because they're doing so many i think they come up with like an idea so let's turn larry into a teddy bear go do you know what i mean and sometimes i don't think things yeah. get flushed out properly because, yeah. I mean, I would say the best bit, I think the best bit of this whole thing is when they turn into kind of like a sex farce where the model is getting undressed in front of the teddy bear behind the closed door. And, yeah. like, <laughs> and it's Larry. Know. Well, we all know Larry's a cad. Yeah, precisely. So, yeah. You know, and, and knowing the history of Larry. So that, that gave it a little bit of thingy. Um, Dick York, I mean, it's Darren. I mean, he does he does he does very well with uh, physical comedy. He was doing well with the role. Yeah, he does. He does a really um, good job with the role. Well, you can't blame him because everybody screws with him, you know. So, why well, would yeah, you think? I just think there probably need to be another storyline that was going on at the same time. How do you, so how do you think? You're... You say, no, exactly. That would have been the wedding. Said, like, thing. The it would have been nice to have had. Yeah, it would have been nice to have had the wedding thing going on and like seeing Indora prepare, get everyone ready. And then quickly, I think it would be it, it would have been better if the teddy bear issue would have been resolved a lot sooner rather than that being the climax of the episode, because the joke ran on too long that I, I couldn't find the um, the um, the the model undressing in front of the teddy bear interesting or funny because you know it's not Larry if you knew the teddy bear was Larry but or thought it was Larry Darren that would have been funny because Larry. you know he's a total cad but he I know but because you know it's not as funny it's not okay as funny Jess we know you, you don't like Dick York no, I, I no, it has, no, it's I, <laughs> I like it I think what Jesse I think it's Jesse's saying is the audience did not know that that's the difference that we didn't know if um, Larry was the teddy bear or not then it would have a different play. We'd probably gotcha. we'd, we'd be more in Darren's shoes. But the thing is, we're kind of like watching this, knowing that the teddy bear is not Larry. Did you yeah, see who I, wrote yeah. this particular episode by any chance? To do what? Did you guys know whoever made that particular episode? William Asher no. and Bernard Slade. Bernard Slade normally writes really good episodes. So he's the one that normally does all the um, Grant Clara ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, just, okay. uh, I was telling Keith the other day ago, interesting little factoid. 
you know that little heart she wears, Samantha wears all the time, that crystal yeah. heart? Um, I guess uh, her husband, I did not know that her husband was the director, Asher, that she was married to. Yeah, and he bought that right for her. Producer. And apparently she had lost that. And she had to make two cheap, cheesy replicas of zirconia. So that way it would be such a total loss if she ever lost it again. But I had noticed she wears it in just about every episode. So I had to look it up, find out. Oh, yeah. If you if you get like a doll, like a collectible figure of her, they also have the heart. Do they, they really? Too. Yeah. Very cool. Well, this brings us to our next episode, which is Speak the Truth. Andorra gives Darren a statue that causes any mortal within three feet to tell the truth. The statue ends up causing some problems for Darren and his work colleagues, clients, and total strangers. But it might cause the most trouble when Darren and Samantha host a small dinner party for the Tates and the Hotchkisses, played by Charles Lane and Lizbeth Frazier. Potential news clients, while the process of telling the truth, they all learn that the truth may not always be a bad thing. This was filmed in August 27, 1965, but it was also remade in season eight as a series finale called The Truth, Nothing But the Truth, So Help Me, Sam. So, Vicki, what are your <laughs> thoughts of Speak the Truth? I thought this one was kind of funny, you know, especially when we got to the dinner party and everybody was just, you know, telling uh, each other what they thought about each other. I think everybody needs to have that. I don't know what kind of statue that was, if it was a little yeah. goddess figurine or some kind of Buddha. But I mean the back the back and forth banter during the the which is the main event is the is the dinner party, you know, and then the the person that they want to keep his uh what do you call it his account they're just totally dogging on him because he come up with an idea <laughs> and they you know they think his idea is laughable and that he needs to just leave the you know, advertising to the advertising firm. But, you know, I, I, I just thought it was comical because it all started because even though Samantha was all disheveled and whatnot when she woke up, her husband still thought she was beautiful, which is a good answer first thing in the morning when you're all disheveled and whatnot. <laughs> Don't say, oh, you look like hammered shit. But I guess that's not that what started Endora off on this because that's why she sent the truth yeah. the truth statue to Darren at his place of yeah. employ. So, yeah, I, I thought this one was hysterical. I loved it. I, I like this one. I think this was a, this is one of those well constructed episodes, and I yes. think yes, I and also we got to see who who is who um who is who sold it to Endor Aunt Esmer, not Esmeralda. What was her name? Oh, oh Agatha. No, Agatha. Uh, Agatha. It was something like Agnes. Agatha. H A G. Agatha. Yeah, it is so good to see like another word. Yeah, that's Agatha. what it was. Hagatha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's so. No, yeah, that's true. Finally, yeah, somebody she, else. she was very interesting. She oh she didn't feel like an extra. She had so much character that she felt like she totally belonged. Like it was weird. She had such a brief moment, and you'll probably never see her again. But because she had so much character, she was a very compelling character within the few moments that very she was even there. Yeah, and I like the way that. Um... Also, it's like, oh, do you want to send a card? Okay. And then the way Endor, like, signs, gets the card signed. She's like that. But she <laughs> yeah. has her hand, like, she's writing it, like, in yeah. her hand on the card. So that's like, Although I will say, I didn't get to see the full thing because my Amazon kept cutting out in the same part over and over again. And I thought the TV was turning off. It's not but you. every Amazon's single time I rewound really- it to go back to this part. Amazon's been funky lately. Did you, did you experience that too? I've had problems with Amazon. I have I, I have the whole 
I have Bewitched all on a DVD. I have the whole DVD. Oh, uh, the whole DVD collection is like twenty quid here. <laughs> she was inquiring about Samantha being mortal for too long or something. She was saying something, and it kept cutting out, so I don't even know what was being said. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, oh no! Yeah, the, what was what was being said there is that basically, um, Andorra purchases it from Hagatha. And she says that, um, and she goes, well, it will have any effect on um, Samantha. No, yeah. And she said, no, it shouldn't be because she's a witch. And she goes, well, she, you know, she didn't act like a mortal. Are you sure? And she said, no, I won't because she's still a witch sort of thing. That's what they're, they're okay. that's pretty, okay. pretty much just of it. So, and I okay. love seeing um, Charles Lane. He was the um, Mr. Oh, the judge. He played the judge too, didn't he? He's always did everything now. It's like, I know. I just, I, I wish there was more character actors like him because even the movies that he plays, he's a very enjoyable character. Yeah. He just is. There's just something about him that just, oh, wow, it's him. Yay. But I love the wife as well. The one who played his wife. Especially when she started telling him the truth. <laughs> yeah, she was very, very entertaining. Very satisfying I mean, to watch. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> shut this guy up. Say something, please. Because he's so, he, you know, and, and I guess he was glad that she finally spoke up. Wonders for the relationship, I, I guess. Not, and I, I like the way that, you know, they kept, when, whenever they got away from it, they were like, and then I like that. Lo- another thing I liked is when um, Darren and Larry were truthful with each other. That was interesting. Yeah. Which probably never yes, happens that was. much. Because let's face it, you think, I mean, Larry, I don't know, is he a good friend or not? Because he just no, seems like such really. a slime ball sometimes, you know? I mean, I, I do know that the show tries to make him seem like he is. Like, he, they do have those heartfelt moments that they try to have between them. Like, I know at the end of that episode, um, Larry was pulling out a front where he was trying to make it sound like he was going to fire Darren. But then Samantha carries around the true thing while walking around at when Larry does. So that way he would be honest that basically he knew that their business would sink if he fired Darren and that he needs him or something. Right. And that was supposed to be like, ah, like a heartfelt moment or something. So I think the, the show wants you to think that Larry deep down is a, a good friend and a good person, but I have a hard time believing that most of the time. And I think most people that watch, <laughs> especially nowadays, they also struggle with that. Well, we also um, yeah, this is probably my Larry gives, We also learned that Larry gives Darren like all the crappy accounts because he sells. Yeah, them. that's what? true. That, that's gives yeah. him all the crappy accounts, the crappy small accounts. Well, is this, is this the one where he wants? No way. That's a different one where he wants to be vice president. Okay, I got it mixed up. So, so we. Find oh, but that he did admit. Well. Yeah, he did admit um, with the truth statue that. He purposefully he gave Darren the bad accounts. And he wanted, um, what, what was the name of the client that they had in this one? Um, what was the last name? Uh, Hodgkinson. Hodgkinson. Hodgkins. Hodgkins, yeah. The names and are so know. 60s, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Very, very <laughs> much so. But I, I also love doing, um, you know, Larry Tate's wife gets involved. You tell him. You yeah, tell that, was, him. <laughs> that was fun, too. Yeah, she I was know. The one trying oh, to my God. In the second she goes over. Louise, like would probably, Louise probably takes a ration of shit on a daily basis, and she probably oh, needs that definitely. statue more than anybody else on the show. I, you know, and I love the way that um, Andorra's there. Andorra's there for the um, the small dinner party as well. She's such she's an antagonist. Like, oh, I love how she. I love how she <laughs> tried to get herself around. invited to this. She she did this funny thing where 
oh, I, I guess I'll find something to eat someplace. Well, I, I, it's hot. Maybe I won't because I can't eat when I'm alone. And then Samantha invites her over. I thought it was so funny the way she said that. I could not stop laughing at that part. <laughs> she like just her. she does a really good job at being whiny and kind of pathetic when she wants to, mm-hmm. as if she's just really as helpless as aggressive. Well, because it's so wise ass underneath, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's my favorite. That's why she's my favorite character because it's so satisfying. You she need is, someone to definitely. balance out the goody two shoes and the people that are always goody goody. Now, our next episode, um, we've already covered this, so we'll go through this one very quick. We call it Vision of Sugar Plums. And this Samantha and Darren get a card from the boy, Billy Mummy, who we saw saw, um, last last episode that we did, because he actually played small Darren, same guy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We took in last year for Christmas and have an episode-long flashback of the previous year's holiday episode. yeah, this is actually a, a repeat of the Vision of Sugar Plums. I mean, the thing is, they didn't even give it a new name. From season one, it was episode 15. Uh, but the only thing new was basically this little five-minute um, <laughs> begin opening um, segment. And then we got the credits. And then we, want, we pretty much just have the same episode. I have yeah. to wonder that maybe they did this because you got to remember, Liz Montgomery is pregnant at this time. And maybe she's, yeah. maybe she's having a baby. She needed a couple weeks off. Because a couple you know, but, back then they used to practically hospitalize you for seven or eight days because it was a condition back then. Now they throw you out. You're lucky if you can stay a day in a hospital after having a baby now. Well, because I'm just kind of wondering, <laughs> you know, if you get uh, my boss, the teddy bear was filmed in September 10th, 1965. This one, um, speak the truth, August 27th, 1965. I mean, they don't they don't shoot these in sequence at all. No, but there but there looks like September. Yeah, that's right. There, there, there was like a huge. They didn't film anything in September at all. So I'm wondering that must be when she was off a of pregnancy. And so obviously they must look. Oh, there's four episodes that were missing. So maybe if we repeat, which we're going to get to another one that they. Yeah, repeat. I was surprised. Like, oh wow, two. <laughs> which makes our life easier. So what we're going to do is we're going to bypass this because we've already covered this already. There's not a lot of news there. Thank God. Um, little boy doesn't believe in Santa Claus and she takes Darren and a little boy to meet Santa Claus and and then you know all all ends well and everybody's happy and he gets adopted and it's all good and for those for those of our listeners who actually listen to our dark shadows we actually have a repeat episodes in those as well which we'll get to that um later on oh jeez basically when they go back back to um, 1795 and they replay the whole episode that we've already seen with Nathan Forbes in base again it's like a total repeat episode it's like so oh, basically wow. our two 60s episodes basically seems like this might be a common thread back in the day who knows maybe something was going on back then who knows I don't know <laughs> um this brings us to episode 16 the magic cabin darren has a hit of dry spell larry demands they take t- some time off at samantha and go to a secluded cabin in the woods when they get to the cabin they see how run down it is samantha twitches it up to look wonderful a young couple interested in buying larry's cabin fall in love with a fixed up version they telephone larry to tell him they want to buy it as his ask- at his asking price 
Sam has to decide whether to keep the cabin as is or transform it back into its poor condition. Things get complicated when Larry makes a surprise visit while the young couple are there. This is filmed in July 16th, 1965. It's the first of 10 appearances. Oh, no, no, no. forget about that. This was filmed in August 19th, 1965. Um, so, Jesse, what are your thoughts of the Magic Cabin? I really liked this episode as well. I think out of these episodes, it was this one and then the truth-telling episode that were probably my favorites. Um, I thought it was very entertaining, and I liked that Darren actually let her use her powers despite having some kind of back-and-forth struggle with that a little bit. Um, and the cabin was very, very, very 60s, very nice-looking, though. I, I definitely would have spent a night there. I thought it was fun. Um and it was, I don't know, there was an interesting new dynamic to that. I don't know if it was just because they were outside of more in Glory Circle and introducing kind of new characters, but um, yeah, there was, there was some new elements there, new new vibes. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but it was also funny. Um, especially, it was especially funny when uh, the, she divvied up the room so that way Larry was seeing one side. Yeah, and I was wondering how she was going to handle it. I've never seen this episode before. Yeah. And you know what? I, I was just wondering, just like, if if you know, if you're intruding on somebody's weekend, why are you going to keep hanging out in their living room? I would just say, leave. You can have it when I'm gone. Okay. That's another thing that they bugs me. Everyone always walks in. Everyone always walks into each other's houses. Does anybody knock? Like, <laughs> no. Like, even Louise, when they didn't answer right away within the teddy bear episode, she just waltzed right in. And it's like, who does that? If they don't answer, you don't go in. Who does that? <laughs> Was that a common thing to do in the 50s? Maybe. I don't know. Well, you could leave your doors 50s, open 60s, back whatever. then. I did yeah. like um, I did like it felt like they were on location. And it, I mean, it, it, did, it did have a totally different feel. Does that, it so. did. It did. Yeah. Except that the, yeah. Larry tried to sell that shithole for five grand, though, which was a lot of money Again, back then. <laughs> another example of Larry's kind of asshole. Well, he did, <laughs> but Larry did come around now, you know. It's funny because they're going, it's such a beautiful place. The bed is totally comfortable. And Larry's like, going, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but he, he doesn't come around unless you uh, lovingly coerce him into coming around. You have to right. kind of push him a little bit. He's too comfortable being an asshole for whatever reason, but he's such a softy underneath. He's just a big plushy teddy bear. Well, I mean, looking, <laughs> having to revisit his cottage, which was important to him back in the day, you know, he must realize yeah, he that didn't it's realize. far from whatever, but I'm yeah. assuming Samantha keeps it pretty and nice for the young couple. So, yeah, well, I, mean, I, I guess Larry didn't fully realize. Yeah. But that also kind of raised a question as well that basically, I guess, um, whatever spell that they spell can last forever maybe well i imagine I once a spell always a spell you know yeah because i mean that you know that's it because you're never quite sure like what does she fix the place up and then when she when she gets away does it ever go back to the way it was so so i guess we know i guess that can stay so to be honest though so you might want to do something about that front step because that's going to cause problems <laughs> Because everyone's like, it's like, how do they get into the? How do they get on that porch anyway? Because like the sets are all broken, aren't they? And you're like, okay. Oh yeah, they neglected the front, but only did things to the interior, and no one said they were going to fix it up either. They were just going to leave it there because it's so charming, gives it character or whatever. 
And that's yeah, well, it also like, so breaks your neck but, too. Oh, this is the idea that Samantha being so pregnant just didn't like stay there. <laughs> it's just like you know, got the oh yeah, that's right, all over and he died. Because like, I mean, what is she about eight nine months pregnant? Isn't she? I mean, she looks big. And At this point, well, yeah, I'm just yeah, wondering she's, she's, if she actually had the baby and they put one of those things on her, and we just don't know when she's actually had the baby. I don't think so because the thing is, these were filmed in August, and she has the whole month of September off. So I'm assuming that she, I'd be interested to find out when she had her baby because in 1965, because I think she had her baby in September because she has four Did weeks. Did she have her, complications? Anything in the month of September for this season. So she must have had her Did baby she? in September. But, um, but yeah, so I was kind of just wondering because so before she took, you know, they didn't film anything in September. So she's probably, this is probably, this is probably still her. Yeah, I had baby. a feel. I was, I was wondering. Because her, fa- her face looks, she, her face looks like the face of a pregnant woman as well. You know, it's kind of all filled out. This brings us to our next episode, Made to Order. Samantha and Darren hire a mate, Alice Ghostly, who's a klutz. Louise borrows her to prepare dinner for an important business event, and Samantha must lead a magical hand to help Naomi come off well. The next day, while deciding how to let Naomi go, Sam and Darren find out she has a great mind for figures. Darren believes she can get a her a job in accounting at his office. This was filmed in September 2nd, 1965. The tapes referred to their absent-minded um, maid as Esmeralda, which would become the name of the witch maid ghostly is cast to play in season six. Um, who would be taking over Aunt Clara yeah. until Aunt Clara dies, Mary and Lauren dies. So, Vix, what are your thoughts of Made to Order? Made to order. Oh, uh, what is her name? She plays. Doesn't she come back and she she as a uh, aunt? Yeah, she comes back as Esmeralda. Yes. Esmeralda. She, isn't yeah, she the one the that disappears all the time because she's shy. Yeah. Yep. Well, I enjoyed seeing her. I was really glad to see her. Um, I again, you got to laugh at Larry and them. You know, because he doesn't want they. Well, she's obviously a bad cook. She's obviously a bad housekeeper. And she only feels comfortable when Samantha's there because she can actually, you know, take care of all these things. And she didn't really want a maid but she, because Darren didn't want her to work herself to death when you're pregnant, when she was pregnant. But most women, I don't know, I guess some women yeah. might like a maid. I would go nuts if I had somebody. I like I like to do my own stuff. I don't know. I guess things are different for everybody. Back then, I think pregnancy was viewed as more of an illness than it was. Because I mean, don't do this, don't do that. You know, I mean, I milked it for all three of my kids. I, I mean, I know because everybody let let me do that for you. It's like why, sure. But um, as far as the cooking, though, that that was really bad. And I guess the cons the the consomme didn't turn out, the roast didn't turn out. But all she had to do was magically baste it and stir it up, and everything was fine. And the meal was fantastic. And so the Tates want to borrow her, I believe. For their dinner party, I guess they have eight guests coming. And because Sam doesn't want her to go alone, they keep trying to invite themselves to this party so that they can keep an eye on her. But on the other hand, this is where Larry thinking that Darren's trying to get in there and, you know, sneak in because he wants a promotion. Is this the one or am I getting confused with another episode? No, he doesn't want a promotion. He just said Samantha they just need to make sure the dinner party goes well right right larry's getting annoyed because they keep trying to invite themselves and then they just show up on the doorstep you know and (laughs) you know and i guess that you know well darren wants to let you know larry get all of his comeuppance 
and let her destroy the kitchen and the meal. Well, she does destroy the kitchen and the meal's getting destroyed, but Samantha pops in and pops out, you know, like she usually does. It's like, God, I wish that was just possible in real life. That would be fun. But uh, she she saves the day because it's not fair to Louise to let her suffer because, you know, Larry's got a big mouth and whatnot. But I yeah. it's just it just that sets up the, you know, the the situation, you know, it might be bad, you know, but it isn't. But I just love seeing, you know, her cast in this role. Like, what is her name? It's driving me nuts. Alice Gasly, ghostly. Yeah, yeah. Because she's I, I think she's a great actress and, and it was just nice seeing her on this because there's just something about these uh, older character actors that you don't see anymore, that they really did have such an important part in these sitcoms or movies or whatever was going on back then. But I, I thought it was a great, I thought it was re- well-written, you know, like not like the first one. I didn't really enjoy that as much, but I thought this was a great episode as well. What about you, Jess? I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I do like it. <laughs> yeah. I do like these earlier episodes too. And the earlier I think the earlier the better when it comes to Bewitch because everyone is really passionate. I, I feel like about their roles, like they take it very seriously and they really bring a lot to their characters. And that is why, and I know I say this a lot about this show specifically, but that's why sometimes it doesn't even feel like a sitcom compared to other sitcoms, because there is always that kind of undertone of like warmth and heart to it. And it feels it feels just like a regular show. It's it's not just focused on the comedic aspects or always being funny, but it feels like a really well-rounded show. Um, and that I, I do like the earlier episodes because of that. And it has these characters that, you know, feel well-rounded. And I think they bring a lot to each of their own roles. And I mean, I don't think it's easy to replace like Marion Lauren's character, but you know, when she comes on, obviously some, they liked something about this, actress in this character that they decided to bring her back as one of um did you notice of, um, that they color relatives i don't know why i noticed in this episode but did you notice how they colorize everybody's eyes as blue or is that just me no is, because elizabeth montgomery green eyes she had green eyes yeah these um this didn't go um, yeah it goes into color until season three so if you're watching it in color it's been colorized that's what i thought is okay. that yeah, it? Right. Is that what it is? Because okay, yes. Because yeah, I mean, their eyes are such too. a vivid blue. Everybody's eyes are a vivid blue. Is well, if you also blue. notice, is that everything's kind of a primary color spectrum as well. I mean, there's not a lot. Oh, of, I didn't know that. How yeah, not very, there's, there's no not depth to it. There's no real depth to the colors. I mean, I like Alice Ghostly. I mean, to be honest, I think if it wasn't for her in this episode, I think this would be a a bit of a flop episode because Alice Gosey keeps it going. And it's very rare to have someone who is just a guest co-star to, to actually carry, to carry the episode. And I think Alice Gosey does that because Samantha is okay. Yeah. Everyone around her is kind of boring in this episode, but Alice got Gosey really carries it. So, you know, unlike, unlike, let's say the elf on Artie Johnson playing the elf. It's like, he couldn't carry that episode. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, but I mean, I was ghostly. I mean, you know, I can understand why they brought her back. For, you know, in you know season six, yeah, because I mean, she she is something gave her something. You know. She had her first yeah, child you, in nineteen sixty four. I mean, as soon as you see her, you remember. Her. You know what I mean? She's that's a one of those actresses that you just know. 
She always plays. Yeah, though. this wasn't one of my favorite episodes either. So oh. they they definitely needed some something to kind of counterbalance the lack of things going on. Because I mean that it's such a it's such a cliche trope to constantly use like the flubbing up character, the one that always makes mistakes. I feel like they've already done that a lot with the first and second season of Bewitched, you know, cause Aunt Claire already does that too. And, and then they brought that other guy on um, that was also an older warlock who was also making mistakes, but was still pretending to be like this grand wizard warlock fellow. And um, I'm sure they've had other characters. I mean, she, this, this character is not a witch, but um, it's still like, it feels redundant. So bringing a character who actually has their own character makes a difference <laughs> i guess i don't know how else to say it because there's I, I don't really feel like there's much to say about this episode to be honest so i I'm there struggling. isn't a whole lot to say about this one but Inter- um interestingly enough this is the last episode that um elizabeth montgomery would um film before she goes on a maternity leave only to re- return okay. to the series where see where the series would start re-recording in december 10th she had babies 64, 65, and 69, I just read. Yep, and basically... Wow, lots of babies. I mean, September, the month of September, the month of October, the month of November, yeah. Bewitched wasn't filming at all, so she had three months um, maternity leave. And Dora pops into the waiting room from the delivery room to tell Darren she has a granddaughter. She even names her Tabitha which Samantha and Darren are not happy about. However, the fun really begins when Darren meets Sam's lookalike cousin, Serena. Unfortunately, Darren thinks Endora casts a spell on his daughter to cause her to age overnight, and he tries to catch Serena, who he thinks is now the adult Tabitha. Eventually, all problems are solved, and Darren and Samantha accept Tabitha as their daughter's name. Eve Arden and Judy Pace are guest star. Now, what's interesting in this, the baby's name was spelled T-A-B-A-T-H-A, Tabitha which will be the spelling of Tabitha's name until season five when Elizabeth Montgomery's desire to have it spelled T-A-B-I-T-H-A, which was fulfilled and Tabitha's name from their point forward will always be known as that Tabitha spelling. So, um, and it's also, um, this also marks the first appearance of the character of Serena. Now, another background history about Serena is Serena was developed because Elizabeth Montgomery was becoming bored playing Sam. So in order to keep her interested in keeping doing Bewitched because she's getting bored with it, and here we are in season two and she's already getting bored, that's the reason why we have Serena. So this is, that's quite, which is quite interesting. We're in season two, episode 18, and she's already bored. So it's like we need to give her another character to keep her interested. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, but did you think, though, I mean, this, I've never, I, I just don't remember this episode that well. I used to watch these a lot, you know, when we were kids. The reruns, especially, but uh, she seemed really tame. Serena did and in her introduction. Yeah. Yeah. This version of Serena was definitely more subdued than the Serena we see later. Which I kind of wish that they would have struck a balance with that a little better. Because later on, I do get really annoyed with Serena. She's definitely not my favorite character when it comes to later on. Well, I mean, she could have been be a annoying this time. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but who? But what's the one thing that makes Serena stand out that we didn't see in this episode? Her, her wild ass character. Color, her clothing. That yeah. too. And, and, she, the, and she's the wearing, blue a, eyeliner. She's wearing a great big fur coat the whole time. Yeah. In this yeah. one. 
So that's true. I wonder what the deal and was. Serena was like, she'd be all wearing these purple and orange outfits, and they'd all be like really mad in mini skirts and everything like that. And here, yeah, she, she like, wasn't very mod. She was more like, um, she was more like Endora. Like if Endora was younger and like, I don't think, Montgomery. I don't know. I think Endora would have always displayed class and not not fell into the '60s groovy stuff. But I well, mean, no, that's the thing with this. That's the thing with this character. She is more classy. That's why she's wearing a big fur coat. She doesn't have like that mod kind of hippie sixties thing going on like she does later on. She does have more of a classier feel to you know, which I really I would have liked picking up until the latter sixties. The big boom of the hippie flower that's true. power stuff with the mod stuff that Jeannie would always wear. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have to sit there and say that. There are some really good highlights in this, basically. And the, the touching scene when um, Andorra tells Darren that she's a fall girl. That was such a lovely scene. And the, and the play that's going on yeah. between Andorra and, uh, and Darren is really well done. Yeah, because that's probably the only time you're going to see that. And it, it, they and did a good job with that because you know that they really can't stand each other, but they don't really technically hate each other. And when you have a baby, everybody's excited and emotional, you know? You know, the thing is, though, I think Darren likes Endora because you got to, you know, there's there's one telling thing when they, you know, the one with the statue with the tell the truth one. And then um, when the statue's next to him, he goes to Endora, oh, mother. Yeah. So obviously he has he has affection for Endora. So we know there, and then and you know we got the, some more of the affection here. So obviously there is an affection there with Darren and Endora. He doesn't like what she does, but he does have an affection for her. Right. Well, I mean, she he probably he sees more of Endora than he sees his own parents. So yeah, that's um, true. I mean, it is it is satisfying. It's more satisfying than you probably think to see Darren and um, Endora get along. Um, and I kind of wish we would see that more because I think them not getting along kind of gets old. That's something that you would expect early on, but you'd think once the relationship kind of cements a bit more that they would get along a little bit better. Because like towards the later seasons, especially when they change Darren's, it's like, okay, this doesn't really, this dynamic doesn't work anymore. Like you have to change something, but then they just don't. And they still just don't get along. And it's not as satisfying to see Big Sergeant react to Andorra. And I mean, it would have made more sense because um, Agnes Moorhead didn't like Dick Sargent. At least that's what I think I've heard. No, no, no. I, I think I'm mistaken. I think what it was was that she didn't like that they recast Dick York. Uh, I think that might have been did, more did, of that. She didn't like Dick Sargent or Dick York, or maybe she was irritated with the recast. No, she, lo- she liked Dick York. They, they were really close and. Um, yeah, I think they were really close, and then Dick Sargent and her, I just don't think she liked him, but maybe it was just the fact that they recast him. Maybe she was just more disappointed. I don't Didn't really remember. did he have a bad back or something like yes. that? He got he got injured while working on set. I don't I forget which movie, but I think he was on horseback, and he got injured or something. Yeah. Was it he that? Always, he always had a bad back, you know, and Bewitched. Yeah. And then the other thing is Bewitched became... You know, at the moment, we're looking at a combi witch at the moment. Um, after, when we go into season three, it becomes more slapstick and a lot more physical comedy, which he, which he was having difficulty. And because of some of the pratfalls and stuff that he had to do, um, it was actually injuring him more. That's the reason why he had to leave. So. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we're, 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 we're not getting a lot of the physical comedy at the moment. We're getting, like, the situation comedy. It's all about the situation. Yeah, exactly. I Nick think he was actually early smoke, on when he injured he throw, himself. He smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. 
And that he, was common back then. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, and he used his final Everyone. time fighting emphysema with special oh, charities. God. I did not know that. Uh, I have to give kudos to Eve Arden, the nurse. Oh, God. She's yes. Eve Arden. Fantastic. Every and time I. You know who she reminded me of? Every time I kept hearing the announcer, or the, she just the, 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 I kept hearing the principal from, you know, Greece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she, also do, she used to do ads in America as well. She, I can't remember what ads she, was, she used to do as well. But another thing about Eve Arden is she, uh, she is a seasoned professional anyway. And the fireworks fly when her and Liz, uh, her and Agnes and Dora. were seen together. Who? Yeah, when Agnes Moorhead and Dora yeah. and Eve Arden have a um, scene together, fantastic! It's like oh my god, yes, everything you can see those two just having a TV show of their own. You know, they could be like they could have done like a 1960s version of the Golden Girls living together. They would have been fantastic because Eve Arden has that way of um, of expressing herself and having that little barb in the way that she talks, and then Agnes Moorhead has her own way of doing the same thing, and they just complement each other fantastically well. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the baby is played by Aaron Morin. Who is who would who would grow okay. into the part as Tabitha? So that little blonde haired girl is Tabitha you see later? This is her as a baby. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't Aww. know that either. That's, That's so I unique. I don't think I, they typically I learned something do that. New every podcast, I swear. That's and she was, yeah. she was a twin. She was a twin, right? So it's one. It's either Aaron or her. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, because you, yeah, you'd have to. Do that. Well, they had to do that because of child labor laws, right? You, you watch, we watch, we're going to be watching this baby grow into. You know, for the next eight years. That's, yeah, that's that's years. really. I think that's why. I think that's why Tabitha resonates a lot more than Adam does, and I hate to say that because he's just a kid and stuff. But also because that part of the later seasons become a little bit less. They just become more underwhelming and kind of just not all. Well, another thing is, is um, with Tabitha, with the introduction of Tabitha as well, we do start getting. We get to, we're going to be start seeing a lot more of Sam's family popping in as well. We get, we start seeing a lot. Yes, I, maybe maybe that's why she resonates in a more special way too, because you do get to see more of that. Um, and there's, I, I can't explain it, but there's something about that element that makes it feel like one of those old kind of spooky witchy stories that you'd read growing up from like one of those big children's collection of books. It reminds me of those because my mom used to read stuff like that when I was a kid. Um, like right before bed and the introduction of Tabitha and the little kind of childish shenanigans that you see that bring on the scene. It kind of has that, that vibe to it. I can't really explain it. It just kind of feels kind of childlike in like a family or something. And that's the best way I can think of to explain it. (laughs) And I think another good thing about this episode is we get a lot of chemistry between Dick York and Elizabeth Montgomery. Yeah, you really do believe that basically she just had a baby, and that and yeah, he set the fantastic couple. They're such a happy couple together, and I, yeah. you know, and I have to sit there and say that, um, you know, when we get to the Dick Dick Sargent star, that we don't. That's why I think it was fantastic about Dick York and Elizabeth Montgomery. A lot of it has to do with their chemistry. Yeah, their on-screen chemistry is fantastic. They you really honestly, if they didn't have that, the coupling would not make sense. Like, they really needed that because, I mean, I hate to say it, but Dick York was not the most attractive person. So you don't really understand why so many people are like, oh, 
Darren is such a sexy character. Oh, I'm going to go after him and then try to have an affair and break him and his wife up because he's just not that kind of character. So with, if they didn't have that chemistry, I don't really feel like the coupling of them would even work. Well, let, let's not forget how she, how many people she interviewed for the maid job. Remember the sexy maid that came in and that most of the men had, <laughs> uh, the husbands wrote her, her reviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she made that picture of Darren look really ugly. So she wouldn't want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Well, I love that. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, this is, you know, to refer back to the previous episode about the statue with that, um, when, he, when the secretary comes in and then goes, oh, he's like, oh, I, you know, her really tight clothing. And then the secretary goes over there and says, oh, yeah, my, I brought this dress it's two sizes too small because I hope that you would notice. I know. Oh, my God. But did I wanted you, see you to him see be- me as a woman for once. I know. Did you see him leer at her? He goes, that dress is too tight. <laughs> Uh, Uh, obviously behind behind it all i mean darren's so we actually do find out so far in this block of episodes that darren can darren has the same thoughts as larry he says a better control over it (laughs) exactly exactly clearly he's just i mean he's not dead yet i know i mean quite interesting how the hashtag me too audience looks at i wonder you know we won't ask them we won't know i just i just i just it, it was it's comedy. I mean, at least it it was fun. You know, it was all good, clean fun. Yeah, that's the way I look Men's at it. But <laughs> but I was there. I was there like what? Like, oh, I wore that. I and I'm wearing this dress, and I, I bought it two sizes too small, so you'd notice. It's like what? Yeah, I mean, okay. I so was that the made up truth, or was one. that actual truth? That's the truth. So she had the hots for her boss, and he always leers at her, and we just never realized it before. But yeah, that's weird. Well, to be honest, they do get, they do get, I mean, t- to be very, very honest, I mean, they have a different secretary every time they show a secretary. I mean, there's different they secretaries. Do. No, that's true. There's that's a secretary true. for the teddy bear one. There's this, te- this one here for the, that one there. So, I mean, I don't think we've ever seen the same secretary. Um, yeah, that's true. They, always... so they, they can't keep them. So they must be leaving for sexual harassment. It goes on. Larry probably does a lot of ass slapping. That's for sure. I right. could see it. A lot of leering. This brings us to episode 19, My Baby the Tycoon. Gladys and Abner give Tabitha's share of stock as a gift. The next day, the stock increases by six points, almost doubling its worth. Darren suspects Tabitha magically influenced the stock's value. As an experiment, Darren buys Tabitha a share in another stock of her pointing, which also nearly doubles its worth overnight. In the end, Darren finds out that there was a legitimate reasons for the stock rising. This was filmed on December 15th, 1965. And what are your thoughts to this, Vicki? I thought it was kind of funny, actually. Um, you know how people are always trying to get that inside trading. You know, nothing, nothing like the human spirit of greed. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Well, I remember when, like, when Justin was born, people went out and bought me some bonds for for Justin so that they would mature, you know. So people, these are obviously ideas you know, that people do buy these things that they're supposed to mature with the child. I just thought it was funny that, that you know, that Darren thinks that his little infant daughter is, you know, that good at that age where she can't speak or move around and she's already wheeling and dealing on the stock exchange. 
Uh, I thought I thought the, the funniest part. I don't know why this. I just laughed way too hard at this. Is when you know how Gladys is always out front looking inside, and you know I just don't know why she does it. Does anybody not know that she's like? constantly staring into their window into their living room but the baby is floating she put the yeah. baby to bed and she decides to let the baby float all the way upstairs and put her to bed that way as opposed to taking her physically upstairs and putting her to bed i i just liked how all the characters interacted because then darren goes out and buys stock to what was that stock he bought for 12 dollars a share to see if she could do it I again and that's when everybody decides they're going to start betting on whatever, you know, is the Stevens are going to buy for stock than they are next door or across the street. And then the cousins involved in spying and selling this, or Gladys's cousin, you know, yeah, it kind of gets convoluted very, quickly. He wasn't very attractive, was he? Gladys' side of the family is not very attractive. No, they don't have a gene pool <laughs> worth considering, I, I believe. Someone must have interbred somewhere down the line. Somewhere. <laughs> and I can say did. that because they're fictional characters. I have to sit there and say, though, I noticed in this episode that the actress who's playing Gladys Kravitz looks, she's lost a lot of weight. She no, progressively through thin. each episode, she's been progressively losing weight, I've noticed. Because I noticed that even like the last episodes that we did, she looked thinner. She was and already thin. She w- I know, and I. It's so sad to see that. I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. She was probably going through treatment and stuff back then. How long did she last? When did they replace her? Season three? They had to. Uh... I think so, yeah. I think that's that's when... Yeah, that, that's when the whole dynamic kind of shifted into that more dynamic. And then they brought that... Um, what is that woman's name? I always forget what the other Gladys' name is. Yeah, I'm looking it up as we speak. Alice Pierce... Basically, gets replaced um, next year, nineteen sixty-six. Mm-hmm. She so, was she, she had so terminal she cancer. She started in sixty-four. Towards the end of the second season, towards the end of the show, second season, Pierce passes away from ovarian cancer, which is so sad because you know it was so undetectable back then. We didn't have all these, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't know she left, but I've noticed when I was watching the sequences, like, oh, she doesn't look good. See, yeah. Sandra Gould took her place April 20. Sandra Gould, yeah. Sandra Gould, yeah. Mm. I don't know when she took her place, though. That was just really sad, though, because she was literally dying when she was acting, and she probably knew. I it. know, it's so sad. And you know, and you know, the cancer treatment at that time in the 60s wasn't brutal. Good. Especially for ovarian, which she probably could have been safe from had they had the testing we got now, you know. And I, but another thing is, I noticed that um, she's wearing she's wearing a definite wig at this point as well. I mean, uh, yeah, I noticed that. I just thought, well, like a lot of women were like dark shadows. A lot of women were pieces. I didn't even think of it watching this last few episodes that they were probably just, going just because to be it's left. like you know. And I guess it's, I can kind of remember like um, when my mom had cancer and they had shaved her hair and then they gave her wigs and stuff. And like as she's losing weight, it's like the wigs seem to get bigger. And, and not, they, no, but the wigs aren't the same wig. It's just that yeah. they don't fit well, do they? And they just seem to be. You know, I think that their faces get sunken a little bit and you, you're deteriorating. And I think that it just doesn't. I, so you think good. she was wearing wigs the whole time? No, I think she, I think to be honest, um, I think. This is the first time I know that she's wearing a wig. Before, I thought it was her hair. I got to, this this episode, it looked like she was wearing a wig. Did so they do chemo at that time? That. Did they have chemo back then? 
Right now, so do you think it wasn't? Chemo, I don't know if it's chemo, but they had radiation. They were giving radiation for it. Do you think that she was losing her hair from that, and that's why she's wearing a wig now? I know this is like a horrible like turn of events to speak about, but she was. She would be. Yeah, she would be. I mean, the thing is, is like you'd be losing. You, you lose a lot of weight. You start thinning down, sort of thing. Um, so, and you and you lose weight like in your face, and, and you notice her neck's getting yeah. very very thin and her her clothes are hanging off her and uh, she would have lost her hair as well i mean the thing is it's um the chemo the chemo back then was you know a lot different as well it's, it's not like they didn't really put it into your now they kind of put it in your system they put it in your system there but it was just it, it was a bit more barbaric as far as you know yeah. there wasn't a lot of pain relief with it either so you're in a lot of pain at the same time and well, my grandfather, yeah. well, this is 1982, 81. He was, they, I don't know if, if your mom had gone, but they only had that Buffalo, the Roswell Institute in Buffalo. And that's where they sent my grandfather. Basically, they sent people there to die back then in the early, early 80s because they, they just didn't, you know, they just didn't have a handle on it. But, you know. I just think it's so sad watching somebody deteriorate like that. But, you know, she was a great actress. You know, I mean, no one should ever detract from her comedic value to anything. No, that she not at all. I mean, I just noticed. I mean, to be honest, it's like I never gave it much thought when she does leave. I didn't know exactly. I didn't. I, I will now, you know, being older. And but when I saw this episode, I thought, oh, my God, you're, what's, you're like, you look really thin. And it's like she just didn't look, you know, deteriorated. So, so saying that, um, you know, it's not a bad, it's not a bad little episode. So no, it's not a bad episode. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's typical convoluted situations, you know, brought on by witchcraft and whatnot. And I liked, you know, I did like, we did get some nice little scenes. Like, um, we're, I think this is the first time we see Samantha totally disheveled when she's laying in bed and you can't get Oh, up I know. She looks like here. a normal woman. She doesn't wake up beautiful, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, glamorous job. And to be honest, I think this is the first time. I mean, I know that this is the first time we. I think we actually see them in bed together, isn't it? No, they've been they've been wake up at the same. They no, this is the thing. Okay, no, they were fine. I was kind of shocked because this I just is. Noticed, I, I just noticed everyone this one. So. I don't think that anybody else was showing single this the 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 marriage bed. Well, back they were the then. first ones to have a double bed. The was there anybody else that did that back then? I just find that interesting. No, oh, yeah, in I mean, um, the first season. It was the first show that had a double bed. Yeah, if you watch WandaVision, they actually make light of that in one of the episodes where um, Wanda's character, who's like Samantha, brings the beds together. Because at first, they're two separate beds. And then when she gets scared, I don't remember if she accidentally or purposefully brings the beds together because she's scared of a sound that she hears outside. Because at the same time, you got Gilligan's Island that's going to come up and Lovey and, and Thurston, they all, even on the island, they have separate beds on Gilligan's Island. So back then, I guess it was kind of weird for people to think of people as married. Well, the witch broke, broke the taboo on that. They were the first, first um, TV series in America to show a double bed. Yeah, well, they were married. I mean, and, and funny things do happen. I mean, to married people. Well, I mean, if you looked at um, the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke had um, separate beds. Did they um, have separate? I Lucy, can't remember. Lucia Ball and I love. Oh, Lucy. Desi Arnaz. Yeah, they had separate beds. Oh, and um, Father Knows Best. All of them did. Um, yeah. And, um, 
we didn't really have to worry about I Dream of Jeannie because I mean they weren't sleeping together. No, like much later when they need to when their ratings started falling and it's all let's get the two people together. Um, but I mean everything else. I mean, yeah, but Bewitched is the first season that did that. You know, the first the first um, series to do that. So, but oh yeah, but I noticed. I, but I did notice it this time, and I quite like the. Samantha just kind of like oh, this twitches her nose and gets the whole bottle thing going, and that's kind of what spurs us off because yeah, because he thinks of getting her own bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they well, Adam isn't. When does Adam come along? That's not for another couple seasons, right? Yeah, it's another couple seasons. When when does when does Elizabeth Montgomery get have her next child? When what year did you say it was sixty? Well, she had one in sixty four. 65 and 69, I believe, because so they're pretty the much all around her. Now. So when she gets pregnant for the next child, that's when they add the storyline. It's always those first two, <laughs> man. They're always back to back. I don't so. know why that happens. As if you're not well, being punished enough. This brings us to our last episode. Which is Samantha meets the folks. Um, this is T- Tabitha receives her first letter from Darren's parents. And Samantha and Darren recall his parents' first visit in an episode-long flashback. This is a repeat of Samantha meets the folks from season one, episode 14, with a new cold open introduction. So basically, um, this is like the Christmas episode where we get like five minutes of fresh dialogue and a fresh scene. And then we get a whole repeat of what we've already we seen. We get my sick headache. Yeah. The only thing I would say about this I episode, I have to say, say that the cold opening was very out of focus and didn't look right. Elaborate. <laughs> it, was just, it was really, really but it was like all real fuzzy and it just, you know what I mean? It's almost like they came in. It's like okay, we got two minutes to do this. Okay, go. Okay, everybody. You know, everybody well, they off. might have been pressed for time. Well, let's see. What what month was this that they did this episode? I- well, this came out on July twenty seventh. I mean, to be honest, they could have done it between episodes. Right. The, the next episode, the one that we cover next week, I mean, next next month is filmed in December 21st. The one, the Bob Baby Deck, um, the Tycoon was December 15th. So they might have just done a little, you know, with both of those sort of thing to make up episodes. They hit their 35 episodes per season contract that they had. So, but I don't really think there's not much too much to say. Aunt Clara is fantastic, and Darren's parents are brilliant. Doesn't so, I have to say though? Isn't something about Aunt Clara though? Just watching her, just make you feel good. Just looking at her, there's just something so calming and charming about her character that's just extremely pleasant that I have not encountered really on regular prime time in eons. Who's who's warm and fuzzy that I, I can't even think of anybody that has that much charm anymore. Well, I, I think with her, I can think like of some game. people that are warm and fuzzy, but I think I think Aunt Clara, <laughs> I like, whenever Aunt Clara appears on Bewitched so far, I mean, I don't know what I can't. I don't. I'll be interested to see how they do with, as you further 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 go along, but they there's a tenderness and a full of heart that when, who's ever writing for Clara they do they give her I mean a lot more than they do anyone else I mean, absolutely they really, they really you know they do it's like Clara's on okay we're gonna do a special episode with Clara it's, it always feels like this is gonna be a special episode sort of thing and they you know and I noticed that everyone whenever Aunt Clara is on there it's always the same writer as well so I'm kind of wondering it's like you know oh you know Mary and Lauren's coming on. Let's get her back. Oh, let's bring this writer back because he always writes for her fantastically. So,
Well, that brings us to who's your favorite character and least favorite character of these episodes. And we're going to start with you, Jesse. Who's your favorite character of this block and your least favorite? I know. Don't you hate it when he does it to you? Especially if you're the first person. (laughs) And there's so many episodes to try and go through as well. And you're trying to remember. Because it might change when you find new or remember new information that you just kind of backlog in your brain somewhere. Um, I mean... If I can't think of someone, I, I'm just going to say Andorra because the truth episode is probably the funniest one by far. And it was probably my favorite one in this block. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like, I mean, it's it's hard to say because that one and then I do also like um, Tabitha finally being born. But they have such contrasting different um, feelings and energy going on. And I like them for different reasons. So it's hard to pick my favorite. Maybe I'll say... Since we're doubling up, I'll do two of my favorite episodes, and I think I'll say those we're two. Talk about characters here, not episodes. Who's oh, your favorite character. character. Yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, Endora, um, and um, yes, maybe I'll maybe I'll also say that that um, Hagatha. I'll say Hagatha just because I found her um, character very interesting, um, despite just being on for like moments, mere seconds. <laughs> what about yourself, Nick? Is it favorite? Character in the favorite episode. Characters. Yes. No, just favorite character. Just favorite character. I'll have to say one of because it's a change of pace and it's not that I detracts from anybody else because I love all the characters in this block. But Alice Ghostly, it was nice seeing her. I mean, I I, I'd not seen this episode before, so it was nice seeing something. Well, it was like fresh to my eyes anyway. And there's just something about her that's just so sweet. And she wants to do all the right things, but she's a ghastly cook. And it just, I was just really pleased with how her character ended up, you know, being an accountant because she's good with numbers or whatever. So either way, it was a happy ending. So I really enjoyed that, that character in particular. And then what's, what's your least favorite character? Do you have one? <sighs> least favorite character. That's hard because there weren't any, but I mean, just can't wait. Did I say mine? I don't think I said my least favorite. Did I? No, no. gag, gag. Who's your least? Favorite? Uh, my least favorite is probably that that asshole um, <laughs> client. Um, what the heck is his name? I always which episode forget. was it? The truth one. The truth one. I um, like him. <laughs> He's a good actor, but I don't like. Yeah, Hodgkiss. He was such an obnoxious person that it was so satisfying to see everyone tell him what they actually thought of him because he wasn't a nice character. But though, <laughs> but he's a good actor. Admit, though, his character wanted people to tell him, and everybody's just afraid of him because he's so hardcore. Yeah, I guess, but still, he wasn't. Can you imagine he was kind of if abrasive. Told, There's a reason why people if are we like. Told that. Keith what we really thought of him. Holy shit! <laughs> I've been honest. I have. I don't. I don't have any bad feelings. It's it's hard to have any bad feelings about anybody, but I'd have to say Larry's my most probably the the one that irritated me the most. Mm-hmm. And this, he's such a cad, and it's not his fault. It, it's just that that he's written that way. It's like I mean, Jessica my favorite Rather. character is Eve Arden. I thought she was brilliant. Oh, I, I keep forgetting I would, about her. I would <laughs> love to see more. I would love to have her like a regular character. Oh I'm my god, like, yes, fantastic. Her and Mine. like you like you mentioned her and Andorra, how classic to get those two together. Yeah. So you're right on that. Fun. Now, as far as least favorite, I don't really have a least favorite in this block. It's hard on this block. I didn't I didn't have, you know, 
I think it's going to be easier once we get down. Because I mean, we're now, instead of going from the four episodes, we're now going to the eight episodes. So I think we're, you know, it's going to be pretty. We're going to get a lot more people that we can choose to be our worst characters. But I can find. I mean, these are quite strong. Um, She's very you know? strong. Period. I mean, it, she was such a little part, but she really gave it a lot because. It was it wasn't really even a small part because she was watching Samantha during all this, you know, because she yeah. had a baby and she, you know, back then they really lorded over you, those nurses in the hospitals. <laughs> you know, you left when they told you to leave. And another and another thing is there was a lot of characters in that episode. You know, I mean, we had a lot more. I mean, we had the nurse character, we had Serena going on at the same time, right. and it, you know, that's and true. Dora popping in and out. And that's a the, lot of characters. Yeah, you got the uh, to be able to you know to be able to stick out amongst you know a core group like you got this. the gift shop too. You got people in there. I mean, yeah. So wasn't so a cast crazy. of thousands, but so now we're going to our favorite um, episode and our least favorite episode, starting with you, Vicky. Who got your favorite episode and least favorite episode? I have actually two favorite episodes. I'm just going to have to say my favorite episode. Well, besides the statue, I'm going to have to say when um, uh, Derek, Derek, <laughs> Darren and um, Dora are interacting when the baby's born. And mm-hmm. it's just nice to see a truce, I guess, because there's always so much chaos and hypertension between the two of them. It was just nice to see what they'd look like had they been normal to each other, I guess is the word. And I just thought that was an enjoyable episode because it's just, you know, cause she was really pregnant and we just want to see, you know, it's like how they going to incorporate the pregnancy, how they can incorporate the baby. And now that I know that was really actually Tabitha, Tabitha, I didn't know that was her as a baby. I knew about the twin thing but that, like I said, I always learn something new every time I talk to you guys. So with that was definitely my favorite. My least favorite was probably the teddy bears. I just couldn't get into it for some reason. It was okay. It wasn't awful, but yeah. I just couldn't get into it like the other ones as much. And what about yourself? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I do. I do agree with what Vicky said about my least favorites. Um, I would say the teddy bear one as well as, um, or no, no, no. It was the teddy bear one that, that I was thinking of because that was the one where I wanted them to have, like, I wanted to see the, the witchy wedding. And they wanted there to be a better yeah. payoff than to simply be Darren figuring out that Larry wasn't because you already knew that the whole time. So it was like a waste of time seeing that being explained to you because you already knew what was going to happen. And that's so frustrating when you as a viewer know what's happening before the character on the program does. And right. I hate that so much. It's a huge pet peeve of mine for any show or movie or whatever it is. Um, so for that reason, this is probably my least favorite episode. Um, and then my favorite is probably, I'll say two, just because we're doubling up again. Um, like I said earlier, it's probably the truth telling one. And then, um, I think it's going to be the one where Tabitha is born. I'll just say those two, um, for the reasons I didn't I know mentioned. these episodes were colorized too. I could tell they did something like digital. I didn't know these were black and white. Are they black and white? Yeah, they were black. And yeah, white. they were originally yeah yeah season three is definitely where they start colorizing okay is it, well i, think I feel it, is it from the first now. episode what's that no, they do a relatively might... good job yeah they do a pretty good job sort of thing not too bad you can always tell you can always tell because some, um some of the lines are a bit fuzzy around this sort of thing or the colors are a bit too primary yeah. sort of thing that's true flat um, yeah they're they're kind of flat <laughs> there's no dimension well, like i said i learned something new every time every time 
Now, my favorite episode is a tie between um, Speak the Truth um, and um, The Birth of Tabitha, because The Birth of Tabitha is a, an ultimate, you know, it's the birth of a, a, a character that we're going to love and be, bewitch is always going to be known for, The Birth of Tabitha. Right. So, Tabitha, you know, so, so it's nice to see the beginning of a character there. My least favorite, but then again, you know, I am going to give him um, an honorable mention to The Magic Cabin, only because it's nice to see them do something that's like a bit more location sort of thing. And then yeah, that's true. That's that was true. quite nice. I mean, uh, I would normally name one, but I'm going to say two, and that's got to be the vision of super um, vision of sugar plums. The, the rem- yeah. Watching yeah. the Christmas episode all over again and meeting Darren's parents all over again, because I feel a bit cheated by seeing something that a little bit. Me too. Yeah. No, a lot. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and even if they did, you know, even if they sat there and had, like, scenes and they were like, you know, let's say that Darren and Samantha and Dora are sitting on the sofa going, do you remember when? And then we're seeing scenes back and forth, you know what I mean, in different scenes. That would have been more than actually just replaying the same episode. I don't think they had a handle on doing that back then for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Opera would. I mean, I, I get. I mean, I guess we also need to remember, though, that this time reruns weren't happening. They weren't right. and all the other stuff that we have today. And of course, you know, if you wanted to watch something, you had to catch it. If you didn't catch it, you, you never saw it again, sort of thing. So, um, you know, when the show was being made, so there's that as well. So I guess, you know, I guess if you coming into Bewitched late, and then I sit there and say, oh, I'm going to watch Bewitched because uh, I've heard so much about it, so I'm going to start watching from season two. Then these. You know, it's gonna be new. If you watch it from the beginning, you're probably thinking, oh, really? <laughs> sort of thing. So, and as I said before, you know, at that time, if you didn't catch something, that was it. You know, like if you didn't see who shot JR, no VCR. you never saw it. You know what I mean? Didn't that was we it. have VCRs when JR got shot? No, VCRs came out. About, people started having them. They were there, but people didn't start buying them. They didn't give down a price to about 85. Remember how expensive they were? And they, ca- oh my God, man, they're like five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars for a VCR. And the videotape is like, you know, $20. $20 Oh my God, I know. I forget all about that. God, it's terrible when you can remember shit like that. (laughs) Well, this brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Next month, we'll be doing um, episodes, season two, episodes 21 to 28. And of course, next week will be our, the 80s, um, which will be covering two 80s films by David Cronenberg, which is Scanners from 1981 and Videodrome from 1983. And of course, we'll be doubling up on our Dark Shadows episodes. And we'll have a special guest, Mary O'Leary, joining us. Um, and of course, um, next month is um, our book to screen will be Cabal and Nightbreed. So that's uh, enough for me. So it's good night, Vicky. Good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. Good night, Jesse. Have a good night. And we'll see you next month with Bewitch, or we'll see you next week for our premiere of our 80s episodes for season five, where we cover standards.
Thank、you